All right. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege to come together and to learn from your creation. And none of us are experts in any way when it comes to, to even gardening. We just, there's so much to learn. The more we learn, the least we realize we know. And so I just pray that as I share, that you would inspire my mind and remind me of things I should share and that what, what is said and done would be for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So I just have to start with the disclaimer that I'm not a fantastic herb grower. I don't have all the, some of you might have as much experience as I do. Um, how many of you actually have an herb garden? Only. You tried and they died. That's a bad. That's not. A, that's not what we want. I hope we will. Hope. Hope we'll give you some hints. So, can I hear from you? What are some of the? And let me just say right up too. In the thing, in the brochure, it says this is a demo class. This is not a demo class. I, when they asked me, I said, I don't, how can I do herbs on a demo? I mean, I'm coming from a long way. It doesn't fit in my suitcase. So this is not a demo class, but I'm just trying to help you. My goal is to help you to understand just a few basics of how to have a good production of herbs and how to have maybe more success growing herbs. Our farm grows a lot of herbs. Um, but not a lot of variety. And so um, it's something that I really enjoy of all of the areas of growing. I would say I definitely have the most interest in herbs and we'll talk about that. But I'd just like to hear from you. What are some herbs that you have grown you feel somewhat successfully? Basil. Basil. Basil, okay. It's successful until the first frost, right? Uh, Any other? Garlic is an herb, so is chives. Yes. Lavender, lemongrass, lemon Okay. Those are, uh, I'm going to say, we grow a lot of garlic. So in this class, we're really focused on more culinary herbs, not garlic, not your alliums. Um, any, any other ones? Mint. Mint. Everybody can grow mint. Anise, has anyone grown cilantro? Mm-hmm. And dill? Lavender? I grew parsley and that did really well. Okay. Very good. So we're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about three annuals. I mean, there's so many herbs. We could talk about so many different ones, but from our, I mean, so this is really targeted to home gardeners, but I don't have a lot of experience with a lot of herbs that you might grow in a home garden as compared to we do just certain ones for market, marketability. So um, the annuals that we're going to talk about are um, oregano, thyme, and sage. Those are the three that have been the most for us. And then we're going to talk about four annuals and three medicinals. So if I can pull this closer, I hope. All right, so 
why uh, okay there we go we're gonna just look at some herb gardens you know our on our farm we don't have can you see am I in the way of my own self <laughs> So I, I think herb gardens can be beautiful. And if I was a home grower, I might just have a little herb garden. And I tell you, it would be as close to my front door or back door as possible. Because herbs are, you're going to use them most if they're very easy. So this is just some different herb gardens. Isn't this one neat? In an old wooden wheel. So they've just got all the little sections. Um, herbs can be grown very successfully in containers. In fact, some herbs would be preferable to grow in containers, like mint. Mint, if you put it in your, uh, in your garden, what happens? It just takes over the garden, and it's everywhere. We are, I grew mint one year, and we put it in containers, and the, the reality was that we didn't like it. The one that grows by the creek is the one that was the best. So one thing, and we're not really gonna talk about mint, but I'll just tell you one thing about mint is it needs a lot of water. So the mint that we grew in our containers, I mean, I'm gonna say we probably didn't water it. We probably just let the rain come. I mean, we get a lot of rain in Tennessee. But I've learned recently that mint needs almost a continuous drip. Like if you, if you plant it in containers, and you run a drip tape right through it, and it just has this constant little bit of water. Likes a lot of moisture. Makes it more tender. All right, so why should we grow herbs? They're delicious. I'm telling you, and you know, I, I believe you've already had enough experience to know that there's not really anything quite so delicious as, as fresh herbs. And I think what I've noticed is that it's, they're, um, well, this is, this is what I've seen at our markets. So the more wealthy, wealthy uh, our customers, they all have their own herb gardens. So they don't really buy herbs from us. And the more middle, they might buy a few cilantro, parsley, you know, the, the ones that they're more used to. But herbs, getting people to actually buy a lot of herbs is, it takes work because people aren't used to using them. But once they start using them, They'll love them. They're nutritious. They're not just good tasting, but they're nutritious. They're fragrant. You know, I have always wanted, and every year I think I'm going to do this, um, to encourage people to buy a bouquet of herbs. And you know, herbs are best if they're left in water on your counter. Don't refrigerate your herbs. They store better. And you can take the wiltiest basil, and you can put it in just... Um, put it in some water and it will just perk up and then your whole kitchen your whole it just they smell wonderful you know herbs are very versatile on our farm the herbs that I grow I often see them in my daughter-in-law's bouquets <laughs> that she sells at the market um, so they're beautiful and they're medicinal so you've got the whole you know you think about time Thyme is a wonderful herb to use for culinary purposes, but thyme and oregano are one of our go-tos. If we ever feel the slightest amount of um, tickle in our throat, we use thyme oil and oregano oil. They are powerhouse when you put them together. Um, my daughter-in-law, Kelly, who does goats, 
she uses my herbs, the oregano and the thyme in her, she does pretty natural care for her goats. And so she'll cut all the old woody stuff and she'll use it, blend it up with garlic and give it to the goats. I don't know how she gets them to eat it, but she does. So perennial herbs, this is, this is my oregano patch on November 24. And we'd already had a lot of frost. So the thing I love about the perennials is that they're easy to grow. Um, thyme, oregano, and sage are the three that we're, we're going to talk about. So just generally speaking, perennial herbs, they don't need rich soil. Isn't that, <laughs> you know, I've often thought, and sometimes I'll ask the interns, so if you were an herb, <laughs> or if you were in our garden, you want to aspire to be an herb. Herbs do not need a rich soil. They don't take, they're not needy plants. The, I'm specifically speaking of perennial herbs. They are not needy. They don't need a rich soil. They don't even need much water. They're very heat tolerant. Um, and they don't, yeah, they don't need much extra watering. I mean, I'm going to, that oregano patch that you saw, I have done nothing to it. Well, I take that back. In, in the middle of last summer, I noticed that it was low on nitrogen. The leaves were turning yellow. And so I did, um, we on our farm, we use feather meal. I did take some feather meal and sprinkle it in. You could use soybean meal, something for the nitrogen mid-season. But that was one time. I, I didn't do it again. And they're, so this isn't, you know, they're not only heat tolerant, but they're cold tolerant. So, you know, just think about that when it, when it comes to our characters, you know, I aspire to be an herb, you know, they're fragrant, they can handle the heat, they can handle the cold, they don't take fertile soil, they're kind of like, a, they just bloom where they're planted. So that's perennial herbs. I'm not going to, we're not going to go into it too much, easy to grow. So thyme and oregano and sage. I'm just kind of clumped them together because they all sort of need the same thing when it comes to um, culturally. I would encourage you to buy your own plants. Don't start them from seed. Thyme seeds are so tiny and they take so long to grow. On a, on a home garden level, you're not going to need very many. You know, you're just going to get two or three of each and you're going to have more herbs than you will be able to, to manage. You want to plant them in a permanent bed and a location that is going to be convenient for you. This is my, I don't know when I took this picture. I, I think it was midsummer. So in the summer, well, last winter, I did not main, I didn't do the, the normal maintenance that I needed to on my herb bed. And so it started with a lot of wood in it. And with the thyme, oregano, sage, you don't want that woody part. You want to cut it out. So this, I had, I think we must clearly have cut it kind of high, but you want to cut it right down at the ground level. So this time of year, when I go back home, we've already had, we've had snow, two snows. So I'm going back home and I will cut it back down to the ground. And that's when um, 
you know, I might put some peat moss on it, I might put some compost on it, and come spring, it's gonna come up and you want all that fresh growth. So even mid-season, if you see that you're getting a lot of woody um, growth in your herbs, you just wanna cut them back. And maintenance for thyme and oregano and sage is best right while you're harvesting. So harvest it, and if you see any woody parts, just cut those back. And you're always wanting to harvest the fresh green part. And I don't think I really was, talk, I was gonna talk much about dehydrating, but I wanna throw this in here because herbs are so easy to dehydrate and they dehydrate super quickly. Um, with our thyme and oregano, especially oregano, I've come to love oregano. And you can pick it, you know, it, it grows on long stock. Have any of you grown oregano? One. So, it, well, several of you have. So it grows on a long, you know, it grows quite long. I just cut it, stem and all, I just lay them on the tray, put it in the dehydrator, and, you know, you can take them out of the, out of the dehydrator and put them in jars with the stem, and I think this is preferred. Um, if you put it in a dark jar, I told another class, just spray paint a jar black, and you take those stems of oregano and leave them intact in the jar, seal it up. When you want to use them, you take them out and just strip them off the stem. Herbs are gonna be the most potent if, you, if the crushing is done right when you're gonna use them because they start to, is it oxidized? You know, they, they just lose their fragrance and their nutrition um, the longer they sit and if they're exposed to, to light. So you want to keep them in a dark place. But thyme and oregano are super, super easy to dehydrate. So harvest and maintain through the summer and cut back during the winter and put compost on top of it. Sage is one you don't cut back so aggressively. Like you don't cut your sage back. Just cut it like halfway. And then the new growth will come um, and you'll use the top part, but every winter you'll want to cut it back to 8 or 10 inches above the ground, and it will, it will grow up from there off of the... Oh, I forgot that I had put mint in. <laughs> so we are gonna, we're going to talk about mint. A perennial that's more like an annual. Um, it, and, and I say that because it's more needy. Um, it needs a lot of moisture. I already told you that. It, um, you have to contain it or it will, it will grow wild. And I, I wanted to say something else about the thyme and oregano. When you, if you have your thyme and oregano in a bed or in an area and you want to contain it there, what you'll want to do this time of year when you're cutting it back, you'll want to take a shovel and you'll want to cut right around the area that you're trying to contain it to. Cut it right back, and then all of the outs, outer parts just pull away. But otherwise, it, both thyme and oregano will spread and they'll creep. And so, you know, use that straight or the whatever kind of shovel works best for you. For us, we, we grow more in a, well, I would like to grow more in a bed. I have an herb garden that's in a raised bed, but I feel like it would be a lot better if I could just, you know, have a bed and contain them to a bed. But anyway, that's mint. I love mint. How do you, do you all use mint? Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you've found that are really a nice way to use mint? 
Australian friends that we uh, got acquainted with when I was in school in Seattle. We had dinner with them just a time soon. They put sprigs of uh, mint with pineapple. Okay, sprigs of mint with pineapple. If you have a fruit salad and you take mint and you just uh, cut it finely, have you done this? Anybody? Cut it finely and put it in the salad. Oh, it just takes it to the next level. I, I love tapioca and I love to make, my kind of dessert is in a cup and it's layered with granola and tapioca and strawberries and that kind of thing. And you put mint in that it just mint is really a delicious i mean of course you can make mint tea we do make mint tea our mint all grows in the creeks by our house we don't really grow it i might try to grow some this year cultivated but i'm going to grow our own i'm going to get it out of the creek and and try to grow some of our own mint because it's much more tender it's much nicer than what we had gotten before Oh, wow. A spring roll with peanut sauce. Now, that's not, a, that's not a way I would have thought to use it, but I'm sure it's delicious. Oh, yes. Yeah, watermelon and mint. Mint oil. <laughs> have you made mint oil? Do you have a... We used to still it. You have it. So if you have a distiller, yeah, it takes... A lot of mint to make mint oil it takes a lot of any kind of herb but mint would probably be um, you'd get a better return because it's more more moist and really yeah oil. interesting okay one more stuff so you do you shred it and put it in stuffed grape leaves okay I don't that's yeah I have had it in tabbouleh as well fresh herbs are just amazing so generally speaking, annual herbs are more temperature sensitive. Whether they like it hot or whether they like it cold, they don't grow well. Basil, case in point. Basil does not really start to thrive until it gets hot. Um, annuals take more effort to grow. They, if you want to have them all season, it's going to take a little bit of work. Um, they require more fertile soil and water so we grow ours our our annuals all in beds and i would encourage you on a home scale to just you know figure out are you going to have a little herb garden is it going to be a part of your garden if it's going to be a part of your garden i mean in many ways that's the easiest it's might maybe not the most attractive but it is the easiest so we're going to talk about these herbs just individually because they do take a little bit more there's there's a little bit um, there's more differences than there are with with the annual herbs so you want to plant your basil in the early spring as soon as the last frost date is passed basil does not do well with any kind of frost you want to keep it picked well if it starts to flower it 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 the taste is not as good and so you just want to pick those flowers back even if you don't use it just go back and cut all the flowers off so that it stays in a veg vegetative state so it's not going to reproductive state um, succession planting 
I mean, you're going to hear this on almost every herb I'm going to tell you. If you want a good supply through the summer, you're going to have to plant more than once. That is if you live in Tennessee. Now, maybe if you live in California, it's not like that. But in Tennessee, we have to succession plant. We, we have to succession plant zucchini. I mean, we probably do five or six plantings a summer in order for us to have a continuous supply. And it's the same with the herbs. Not as often, but we grow, we, we probably plant basil three or four times in the summer to keep a fresh batch. Because inevitably, sometimes you will be going on vacation and when you come back, your basil will have gone to bloom. And it's not quite the same. You can cut the blossoms off and force new vegetative growth, but it's not quite the same. Um, basil needs more fertility. And so there's different ways that you can do it. If you really have an interest in growing basil, a few years back, Dar Darren Greenfield did a very thorough um, basil class. I mean, the whole class was just on growing basil. And he, he talked about fertilizing it once a week. And I'm just saying, I think that if you side dressed it with some kind of nitrogen source a couple of times a month, it would probably do okay, but if you just do nothing with it, it's not gonna thrive. It's gonna, it's not gonna produce as much basil. You wanna use drip irrigation. It's preferred over overhead. Um, overhead irrigation, especially where we are because we have so much humidity already. We try to keep as much moisture off the leaves as possible. And I'm gonna add in here, I didn't add really any harvesting tips, but when you harvest your basil, Pretty much all the herbs, you do not want to, wa to um, wash them, if at all possible. Moist is good, but I take basil. If I'm going to refrigerate basil, put it in a Ziploc bag with just a little bit of moisture and blow air into it so it's like an insulating. And then you can put it in the refrigerator and the basil will last beautifully. But if you put it in without any kind of insulation around it, I mean, you could do the same thing in a container. Um, but it needs some insulation, otherwise it will freeze in your, it will turn brown. I'm sure you know that. Parsley. Definitely, again, you wanna buy plants. In our area, we have an issue with sclerotinia, which is, it, it right comes from the, the center of the plant, and it's this whitish, are any of you from, do you, any of you know what I'm talking about? It's like, a, I don't know if it's a fungus. My husband could tell you more about it, but I know it from looking at it. And it, if it gets too moist, it just rots from the core. And there's just no saving it. You just have to pull it out. Sclerotinia spreads very fast. And so if you, as soon as I see that I have a plant that's contaminated, out it comes. And so, you know, I think the key with parsley is that you want to, it, it needs more aeration. It needs more um, circulation of the air. So you plant it in the spring and again in the fall. We're, we're harvesting parsley now. It's pretty cold tolerant. Um, and as I said, you want to watch for disease and you want to remove it. Parsley is definitely a cut and come again. You can cut it all summer long. As long as it doesn't get disease, it'll just keep, it'll just keep producing. Yeah, I can't tell you exact cultivars. My husband does all the seed ordering, 
But when it comes to parsley, you want to get the Italian flat leaf. And the other thing I want to tell you is, how many of you are familiar with Johnny's Selected Seed? How many of you get their catalog? We have stacks of catalogs at the Ad Agra booth. Please come by and pick one up. Um, Johnny's Catalogs and Territorial Seed Catalogs, those are two companies that um, we really recommend. But, and so in the Italian flat leaf parsley, you're going to find some different, you know, there's going to be different ones, and you're just going to want to read the descriptions. The Johnny's catalogs are very educational. I, I feel like they are, you know, apart from a seed catalog, they're very educational, and you can learn a lot. So by looking at that and knowing, you know, what zone you're in, you might choose one that's a little more tolerant to heat or tolerant to cold. So buy plants. And again, plant in the spring and the fall. So there's a lot of similar. So wait, how did I get back here? So cut and come again. Didn't we just do parsley? I did. Cilantro. Have you grown cilantro? How many of you use cilantro? Love it. It's so good. But have you noticed that it's not the easiest herb to grow? It, it, it is not the easiest herb to grow. So it takes a while to germinate. This one, you would want to direct seed. You don't want to, and so you want to direct seed it, and you also want to keep cultivating as, uh, before it sprouts. So you want to keep an eye on your bed, and when you, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it takes them maybe a week to sprout, but you want to keep it cultivated so that when they start to sprout, they're not competing with the weeds. You want to plant them thickly. I don't know what it'll say on the seed package, but ignore it. You just want to put a little trench and you want to use your fingers and just let them fall and you want to have a thick stand. Now I will say that in the heat of summer, cilantro does better, like our beds, our beds are 30 inch wide and I think a table like this is about 28 inches. So we're planting four rows in a bed in the fall and in the spring, but in the, in the summer we're only planting three rows. So between the, between the rows, there's quite a lot of space, but in the rows, there's not space. Does that make sense? So you, you don't need to worry about having space between the plants. You plant them thickly in the rows, but in the heat of the summer, you want the next row to be a little bit farther away. So if you're just doing it like in an herb garden, you, for all of these, you'd want to have a place where you have herbs that are in production and you want to have another little place where you have herbs that are coming on so that you will have a more continuous supply of those herbs that you really want to have a continuous supply of. Hot and rainy for cilantro equals bolting. So for Tennessee, that's just like hot and rainy, although we don't get so much rain in the summer. Um, but it can be hot and rainy. And so we, we plant weekly. We plant every week in order to have a continuous supply of cilantro. Bolting is when the plant goes to, to, from vegetative, which is when it's putting on vegetation, to reproductive. So now it's bolt, it's sending out its flowers and it's, it, for most herbs, the taste is not as good. Now, I think thyme, you can eat it when it's bolting. You can eat the flowers and it doesn't really affect it. But definitely cilantro, the taste changes when they start to flower. And it will send up this flower shoot in the middle. Um, I mean, this is, 
this is the nicest time to have parsley when it's just tiny. Um, cilantro, did I say parsley? Okay, so it needs a fertile bed. So before you plant, you're going you're gonna to amend your bed. You're going to use soybean meal or, or feather meal because they do need more fertility. And you're going to succession plant for a longer season. Dill is going to be similar. So a lot of people use dill in the flowering stage. And some, but we mainly sell it when it's just the, the green. So again, with dill, you're going to plant thickly in the row. And then you're going to plant a little farther away from the next row. But if you're, like if you're doing a section of your garden, you'll want to just plant. You don't, when I say plant thickly, if you're planting in, an, in a circular area, you don't want to fill that area. But if you're planting in rows, you want to plant the, the rows thickly. So if you're planting in a more like a square, then you might want to go around the edges or through the middle, but you don't want to have a solid mass. You want to have somehow it in rows so that it doesn't, um, so it doesn't get too, too hot. So it um, doesn't like a wet bed. So moist, but not wet. So when we get a lot of rain, dill doesn't, doesn't like that very well. Succession planting is necessary for a longer harvest. So if you're, if you're somebody who said, well, I just want dill when I have my cucumbers so I can make pickles. That's all I want. Then just go ahead and make one planting. Time it so that it's coming on when, you're, when your pickles are coming on and use it and be done. But I will say this, dill dries beautifully. Have any of you dehydrated dill? It is beautiful. I feel like you guys know a fair bit about growing herbs. <laughs> you can teach me some things. So it, it's, it just saves its color. And I use, a lot of, I use a lot of dehydrated dill. Too much heat causes it to bolt. Wow, I'm just cruising. We can have a chat section about growing herbs and I'm done. So... I love the fact that herbs are medicinal too. And the three medicinal herbs that we grow on our farm are calendula, um, echinacea, and comfrey. Have you had any experience growing comfrey? It, you have to be careful with comfrey because it's like mint and it can just take over. I wished I knew the kind of comfrey that we have here. I mean, it takes almost nothing to grow. It, it, if you have a root and it's anywhere near the soil, it's going to root and it's going to grow. And the one that I have is not a spreading one. So I have it right in my herb bed and it's very big and very, but I haven't, I haven't really done that much with, um, with them. I, I like the calendula. I've picked the flowers. I intend to use them. Um, but my calendula didn't do so well this year because I didn't get it planted early enough. And so we didn't have the greatest calendula. But again, you know, my daughter-in-law, I see my echinacea flowers are beautiful. They're stunning. And they add such beauty to a bouquet. And I often see the echinacea flowers or the calendula flowers as a part of, of the bouquets that she has, um, she has put together. So calendula, comfrey, and echinacea. 
Have any of you used echinacea, like harvested the roots? Yeah, I have not. My echinacea has not. Sometimes it has looked this good. I didn't. This is not my echinacea. That is my calendula and comfrey. But um, echinacea can get a disease, and mine had it this year, and kind of the flowers turn black and... I haven't done enough research to figure out what's going on and what I need to do if I have to just pull it out. But it, I, had, I had it the year before, too, and, and at the beginning of this year, the flowers looked beautiful. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll squeak by. But by the end of the season, they really looked pretty pathetic and pretty bad. How do you use uh, comfrey? Um, I, comfrey, have you, um, like a poultice? Have, have any of you used comfrey poultices? Yeah, comfrey poultice is is very good. I had an intern. We had an intern who was really into natural remedies, and she taught me how to do comfrey poultices. And you use them where you would have a where you have a sprain. Um, but I also intend to do some comfrey salves. They make very good salve for like bug bites or the Jefferson Booth is selling a comfrey salve, and I bought some of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's medicinal. It's good for medicinal purposes. All right, so the last thing I'm going to end with is just how, how many of you have made salve? It, nobody's made any kind of herbal salves? They are so easy. They are so easy. Now, I, I mean, it's as easy as one cup of oil, whatever kind, with, what is it, three or four level tablespoons of beeswax. And you want to get the beeswax that's in the little, like, little pearls or little, um, I've used the flat sheets that we used in our beehives, and I've just broken them up. But you can buy little beaded um, beeswax. And literally, you just put that one cup of oil with those three to four cup, three to four tablespoons of beeswax in a double broiler and melt the beeswax as soon as the beeswax is melted. And this recipe suggests putting in a couple of um, tablespoons of shea butter, which is going to, if you're familiar with shea butter, it's just going to make it a richer moisture, moisture uh, salve. And then you can add essential oils. But the point is you don't have to do any of that. One cup of of comfrey or or calendula oil you could do this for comfrey or calendula and three or four tablespoons of the beeswax melt it in a double broiler pour it into your containers and you're done it's just that simple so i put the website here where she talks about actually making your own calendula oil and she also has a link where you can buy calendula oil it's pretty simple you just take the flowers you harvest them at their peak, like when they're first starting to open, um, not when they're fully opened and the center is getting large, but just when they're nice and flat. And you pack them in a jar and you pour olive oil over them. And they have to be there for, I think, like four to five weeks. And at the end of those four or five weeks, you run that through a cheesecloth strainer you just pour it in and you squeeze those flowers and get all the oil out of them. And then that's when you would add the beeswax and if you wanted essential oils and shea butter. And, you know, if you've used a double broiler, it's simple as putting water in the 
water below and your oil above you don't want it to get too hot like you don't want your oils to to get to a boiling temperature so you want to keep an eye on it as soon as the beeswax the little beads dissolve then you want to um, turn it off and put it straight into your jars and and it works great like those what is it would be like two ounce or four ounce little glass jars um, the half size one of this is perfect size but you can go online and you can buy containers and you know it makes nice gifts simple so many simple things you can do that can um, can preserve I'll give you another thing that I love to do with 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 my herbs is when I dry them you can make your own popcorn seasonings so we love popcorn with with oregano we love popcorn with basil and we love popcorn with dill and so um, you can make and we don't put those three together it's usually one of them and you can just make your own uh, popcorn seasonings take it out of a shaker and it's you're good to go and it makes again nice gifts simple simple things that you can do with herbs to to make them to add value okay at our farm too we add value to um, to our bread by adding our garlic and our basil to our bread and we have a garlic herb bread and we put our own herbs in it when we can sometimes we can't like this year we did not get the basil dried in time so I didn't have my own basil I had to buy basil but we use all our own um, garlic and that's one of the best bread sellers that we have is the garlic herb bread people love love it fresh herbs fresh garlic and when I say fresh I consider that even when I dry my own herbs they're fresh my dried herbs have a wonderful smell and fragrance whereas when you buy them in the store often they don't have much you know and I was noticing when we dry our basil we only dry the leaves but if you look at basil you can see that they they drying stems and everything and just chopping it up and it's not as it's just not as good it's not as good and God said behold I have given you every herb bearing seed to you it shall be for meat so I have I love growing herbs and I think herbs can be a blessing to us in so many ways whether it's cooking or medicinally or making salves um, so I hope you'll just continue growing herbs any questions we have a few minutes sage you know I use sage in a lot of ways um, I use it to season beans uh, the bean I have a how many of you are familiar with the seventh-day diet cookbook that cookbook has a great bean seasoning chart in it that I use all the time and quite a few of those have sage which I wasn't really that familiar with in in the beans in fact she uses sage quite a bit in the burger recipe that I, I make, she uses sage. Um, but it also goes great with potatoes. So you just, you know, do potatoes. We do a lot of roasted vegetables. And roasted, veg roasted vegetables with fresh herbs is really delicious. So you can use sage, not with everything, but with potatoes. Anybody else use sage in a way that you can chime in? Oh, yes, breading. My turkey's not breading kind of thing has fresh sage in it. 
Yes. Fresh sage, it has a very, would you say pungent? It's just got such an aroma. It's like, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. It's like the fine leaves of sage on it. Okay. Mango. Okay. So, I mean, I think that, yeah, I can say for myself, I'm only scratching the surface of using fresh herbs. I, I didn't grow up using fresh herbs. We use uh, sage in our bouquets a lot. Sage, my daughter-in-law also does use sage in the bouquets a lot. It's a nice filler. Yeah, it, it really is. Any other questions? or things that are working for you. Everybody's weary. It's been a long... <laughs> I feel your weariness. Um, it seems like when I try to grow parsley, it just doesn't seem to, to thrive. To thrive. Where are you? Where do you live? Near Sacramento. It seems like everything should thrive there. <laughs> Huh. But you, is it that it just doesn't grow large? So it could be a soil issue? Like maybe it's a fertility issue? Or is everything around it growing well? Most things grow pretty well. Mm hmm. We yeah. To, we, we, our family's gotten used to uh, making tabbouleh. Mm hmm. It is very good for you. Yeah. Well, I would just say if, you, if you've noticed that it's not thriving, that maybe you just need to plant a few more. Just recognizing that for whatever reason, they don't thrive in your area, so you need more, more plants to compensate for the lack of real thriving. Um, but you might also, you know, just give it some extra fertility um, and see. You know, if maybe, I don't know that much about, I mean, our parsley is outside. And so, you know, if we don't get a lot of rain, then we are supplementing it. But I don't know how much because John does, he really does the watering. I mean, I'm sort of the, I get out on the farm and do what they tell me to. But, you know, I don't, you know, I, I'm the bookkeeper <laughs> and I, I do all the managing. So, you know, the herbs are the things that I, that I have the most. I, I get out and work on the farm a fair bit, but I can't tell you really about what we do for our parsley. I just know that our parsley sometimes does not do well, and I think it's because we get way too much moisture. So we just have to keep planting. We planted at least three plantings in this season. Good idea. Yeah, you might try growing it in a container. I feel when you grow in a container, though, you really do have to make sure you're getting enough nutrition because that plant, the only nutrition available to it is in that pot. And so whereas, you know, in, in the soil, it's getting more from, from what, you know, from rain or whatever. But I would try. That's a good idea. Try. And they've done good. Well, there you go. A planter might be the solution for your parsley just like it was for your tri chives. So I, you know, my husband was saying it, he, I've heard him say it dozens and dozens of times. There's no experts in the field of gardening. You know, we've grown for 20 some years. 
It means we have 20 succession plantings of, you know, 20 seasons of growing parsley. 20 seasons, and not even, because we started as strawberry growers. <laughs> we didn't grow, we, we were just growing strawberries. So you know what I'm saying? It just is a lot of trial and error. Elliot Coleman says it's the mountain you never summit. You know, it's, that's what makes it so rewarding. That's what makes us, you know, you keep going because you have failures every year and you have successes every year. And so, hey, it's, I mean, we'll be gardening for all of eternity. And I don't think we're ever going to get tired of it because we're going to be learning new things all the time. So let's close with prayer. We'll end four minutes early. And if you have any other thoughts or questions, I'll hang around for a few minutes and we can chat. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for giving us the herbs and for not only the beauty they add to our lives, but the nutrition and the medicinal value. And I just pray that as we uh, look to another growing season, that you would uh, give us more success, that our gardens would be a reflection of what you can do in our hearts, that you can make something beautiful out of our meager efforts in the garden. And so I just pray that each one of us will experience more success in growing herbs this year um, and that they will not only enrich our diet, but they will just beautify um, our farms and our homes. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.